Um, to, so it's an opportunity for us kind of to press pause and look back to the four weeks that had gone or four sessions that had gone, the introductory session, and then the last three sessions in which we were zooming in into one or two aspects of how we can cultivate a healthy, busy life rather than just a busy life for the sake of being busy, as the case may be. Um, and we... We had looked at quite a few things. Uh, the very first week we were on silence and solitude. Um, and after that, I think we moved on to Sabbath. And after that, last week, we talked about simplicity, living a very simple life. Not last week, last two weeks, actually. And today we are moving on to the last part of that. And we're going to be hearing from our facilitator um, shortly on that. Um, yeah, I think I'll just hand over to... Ogada Melare Yusuf will be facilitating tonight's conversation. And as he leads, we'll follow. <laughs> Over to you, sir. Good evening, everyone. Good, Good evening. evening. Good evening. Okay. All right. So, um, okay. you see what okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I believe I've already prayed. Yeah, go on, pray. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. You are the one in charge. Whichever way you go, we are fine with it. Father, <laughs> okay. yeah. thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in your presence to learn at your feet once again. We pray that even as we watch, as we listen, as we share, um, you will you cause us to hear in between the lines. You okay. cause every comment, every um, example, every suggestion to be applicable to our unique situation in Jesus' name. And pray that ultimately you would um, cure us from that um, busyness that stops us from seeing you all around us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Okay. So, yeah. So, so we, so we've been, we've been studied, we've been on that study, like Pastor introduced now, and it's based on a book, um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yes. So, Pastor, please, you can start sharing the slide. All right. Okay. Let's just wait and right. Yes. So. I was not here last week, but I I tried to um, catch up on um, on the discussion, and it was quite interesting. <laughs> it was quite interesting. It was on, so, okay, next slide, please. Yes. So we have so um so we have we have we have looked at um three um practices in our previous um meetings like pastor also said silence and solitude sabbath and um, simplicity so can can i can well i believe i can call anybody absolutely so can, uh, yes so um like one sentence just a refresher for us like mama no please can you help us 
silence and solitude in one sentence what's one practice that you say you took away from silence and solitude that is still relevant to um to you today to be or how has it played out in your daily life okay it's to be intentional with your solitude mm. and then continuing it okay okay that's beautiful intentional that's the key word there intention that's the key word for me intentional intentional all right so um sister Ife, what about you what sabbat well, to set apart like set apart hmm. a day just have you been sabbating <laughs> um yeah recently okay. not before okay. definitely but <laughs> I'm trying to now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much. All right. What about simplicity? Bilonia, um, you fine. Oh, oh, were you around? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was with us. Okay. Then Damola, then can you help us please? Simplicity, were you available? I think so. Yeah, I was around here. I want to uncomplicate our lives basically. Because work does not finish its life basically. So yeah, it's Okay, so to be to be intentional about um simplifying our lifestyle. So as not to be hurried, so as not to be um, in a hurry. Next slide, please. Yes, sir. So, so let's so let's watch the video for today. So today we'll be going into um, what is called slowing. Hmm. Slowing. I think it's on the next slide. Oh, already in the video in the slide. No, 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 no. It's not in the slide. Though. Ah, I meant right. the title, slowing. Okay. But okay, we, can okay. we just watch the video. Yeah, so that watch the video and go back. Yes. All right. So. You know, a lot of people think of the body as just kind of like a container to carry the real you around, and the soul as like the invisible, immaterial part of you that goes to heaven when you die. In Hebrew, the word for soul is nefesh, and it's a way of saying the whole you, the entire person, including your body. In biblical theology, you don't have a body, you are a body. Or at least your body is a core component of who you are. It is a part of your humanity. Theologians call the spirituality we read about in the library of scripture that comes to us both through Judaism and Christianity an embodied spirituality. I think of Romans 12 and Paul's line, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Not just your mind or even your heart, but your body itself. 
He also writes to the Romans that we are to offer to God the members of our body as instruments of righteousness, to offer your right hand as an instrument of righteousness, your spine as an instrument of righteousness, your stomach as an instrument of righteousness, your nervous system as an offering to God. Our discipleship to Jesus must take our body seriously or our whole self, our soul. Nowhere is this more true than in slowing down to the pace of Jesus, what Kosuke Kayama called the speed of love. A practice to this end, our last and final practice, is what Richard Foster and a few others call the practice of slowing. Now, you won't find slowing on any major list of the spiritual disciplines. You won't read about it from the ancient church fathers and mothers. But part of that is because Jesus didn't drive a car or own a smartphone or have social media or live in a town with a freeway and a commute to work. So we have to experiment a little in our discipleship, how to work all of that out, how to work out the way of Jesus in our modern Western world and how to develop counter habits to mitigate against the culture of speed and hurry and overload. John Ortberg defines the practice of slowing as cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. One idea that I stole from John is getting in the kind of longest line at the grocery store and not touching my phone at all while I wait for the checker to ring me out. I forewarn you, if you've not done that, it is torture. I start bleeding out of my left eye just a little bit. But one of the reasons I do that, and it's playful in my heart, not legalistic at all, but one of the reasons that we deliberately make ourselves wait of our own free will is so that when we are forced to wait against our will by another person or by life circumstances or even by God himself, we don't freak out and go ballistic. We are calm and content. It's very similar to the practice of fasting, which is a whole other story, but it's another practice from the life of Jesus that was central to the church for over a thousand years, far more than that until very recently, but it's been lost to kind of Western culture. Westerners can't fathom a way of being shaped into the image of Jesus, not via our mind, but via our stomach. We get how reading a book or watching a video or listening to a sermon or a podcast or having a conversation with our small group, how that can change us, but not eating with our stomach grumbling, with no thought involved per se, nothing to read or listen to or study or take notes on. We have no category for that because the Western kind of culture that we live in is all about, you know, Rene Descartes' famous line, I think, therefore I am. He called human beings res cogitans or thinking things, we're kind of a, a brain on legs, that caricature of a human person. But when you realize, no, that's not right, that I'm a soul, and my body is a part of who I am. At a biological level, you can't even really separate mind from body. And then you realize, hey, wait a minute, I can turn my body from an enemy into an ally in the fight. I can present it to God. When you realize that, it's a light bulb moment that opens up a whole new set of possibilities. So the basic idea behind slowing is slow down your body and you slow down your soul. Like fasting, it's a way of getting at spiritual life, not through your mind as much as through your muscle memory and your nervous system. If we can slow down the pace at which we move our body through the world, 
maybe we can slow down our soul to a pace at which it can taste and see that the Lord is good and that life with God in his world is good too. So here's just a few creative ideas to spark your imagination as we wrap this up. One is to pick one or two games, I call them, from chapter 10 in the book to slow down your life, such as come to a full stop at stop signs, don't text and drive, show up 10 minutes early for an appointment and don't touch your phone, get into the longest line at the grocery store, and so on. Commit to them for at least a week and just have a playful heart and see what it does to your soul. Pay attention to the difference in your body as the days go by and just keep whatever is helpful. Two, here's another idea. Find a focal practice. This is from the philosopher Albert Borgman, who's written extensively on the negative impact of media, TV, and entertainment on the soul and on society. He argues that we need what he calls focal practices to counter the digital distraction and multitasking and hurry of our culture. A focal practice is anything, pretty much, you fill in the blank, that gets you into flow, into a state where you kind of lose track of time. You're not thinking about the past or the future. You're just fully present to the joy or the pain of the now. It could be art or painting or playing music or woodworking or pottery or cooking or gardening or exercise or walking your dog in the park or making love to your spouse, anything. Just schedule time each week or ideally each day for a focal practice to just kind of center your mind and attention to ground your body itself in the present. In doing so, you are increasing your soul's capacity to be present to God in prayer and in other people in community. It's kind of that Mr. Miyagi wax on, wax off kind of moment. You think you're doing one thing, actually you're building capacity for a way more important thing. Three, here's another idea. Cut one, two, three things out of your schedule. If you don't have a schedule, start there. Draw up a week or a month in the life of your daily life. Draw it up and cut a few things out. Number two, just delete a few things. Here's a few easy targets that eat up heaps of time for a lot of us. TV, social media, time kind of online, video games, texting, extra social obligations. An exercise like this does require a clear vision of your life before God, just a sense of what's your identity? Who are you? Who aren't you? What's your calling? What are you made to do, not made to do? What are your values? What really matters to you? What are your priorities? What relationships do you need to prioritize and give the best of your energies to? And what activities are honestly a bit of a waste of your time and with it your life? After all, how you spend your time is how you spend your life. These are the great questions that we all need to sit in the tension of. Four, turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. The phone is a major obstacle to an unhurried life. By that I mean the kind of modern smartphone that has Wi-Fi and infinity in your front right pocket. And not just to an unhurried life, but to spiritual life in general. It is designed literally for distraction and addiction. It's very hard to resist. And as the poet Mary Oliver once said, attention is the beginning of devotion. What is prayer? What is worship itself if not attention on the wonder and beauty and love and power of God? So feel free to adapt as you see fit. But here's the basic idea behind a, quote, dumb phone. And you can just Google this to get a step-by-step -step kind of play and how-to. Basically, you disable the email function on your phone. 
you delete all social media apps on your phone and switch them over to desktop or disk it off entirely. You disable your web browser. You delete all notifications. That's like one of the most important things, including even your text notifications. Delete news apps or at least news alerts. And then delete every single app you don't need or that doesn't save you time. Keep all of the like wonder apps that make life so much easier, like maps or calculator or check into your airline or whatever. And then you set your phone to grayscale mode, which is less addictive for the brain. Ask a scientist to explain it to you. Google how to do this online. And if you're saying, are you actually turning your phone into a phone? That's exactly what I'm saying. You have a phone that is actually a phone and not infinity in your front right pocket designed to throw you off kilter. Five, parent your phone. Mm. Basically what I mean by that is if you're a parent, particularly if you have young kids or you remember that stage or you're looking forward to that stage, you know that if you're a wise parent, your children, at least when they're younger, go to bed before you go to bed and they get up after you get up. That way you have a little buffer at the end of your day and at the beginning. Those of you with teenagers, you're just just wistfully thinking about the glory days of quiet at night and in the morning. In the same way, to parent your phone is to do exactly that. You basically put it to bed, so to speak, before you go to bed, and it doesn't get up until after you. So you have a buffer at the end of your day and the beginning of your day where your mind and your heart is just free of any kind of digital distraction. Um, if you want to level up, this does mean you have to buy like an old school alarm clock if you don't have one and get your phone out of your room. I put mine on a charger, locked away in a closet in another corner of the house, like just out of sight, out of mind. And then the dream, if you really want to level up here, is to basically begin your day when you wake up with an old school alarm clock before you touch your phone or read your email or watch the news or hear any other input, you open yourself to scripture and in prayer to the voice of God. Whenever you pray, just put away all distractions as much as you can. Sometimes we can't with children and all of that, whether that's a phone or TV or extra noise or people around you, and just try to do your very best to present all that you are before all that God is. Mm. Remember, with any of this, you're not committing to anything long-term. Like, just view these things as like short-term experiments in living the way of Jesus. Play around with them. Don't feel pressure to perform. But as you experiment, just watch the undercurrents of your heart as the days and weeks go by. And when you find one that, man, that is really helpful. I like more who I am when I'm living this way. Then, man, incorporate that into your regular life. There is no silver bullet for a suffering-free life. It's not like if you read my book, watch this curriculum, and do these three things, everything goes, goes great, and you're just happy all of the time. Life is hard, full stop. Anybody that tells you otherwise is selling you something. As we said earlier, an easy life is not an option, but an easy yoke is. There is a better way to live, a way to carry the weight of life with ease and with love and with joy and with peace. It's the way of Jesus, the slow, unhurried, open to interruption, relaxed, present to God and people and your body and the moment way. And all of you are invited. All right. Mm. <laughs> That's a whole lot.
So I think I'll just um, give us um, a minute, 60 seconds to just piece our thoughts together and just reflect on what we have just heard. Okay, well, welcome back. Thank I believe you. we've um, slowly taken it all in. So who wants to go first for us? Like, what are your key takeaways from the video? Mm -hmm. Pastor, you want to go first? <laughs> Not really, I'm, I'm, just... still, I'm still taking it in. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, so who wants to help us? Okay, well, yeah, let me break it down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Thank so, well, the part where you mentioned getting into the longest line in the mall or something, well, I'm definitely not doing that, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Wow. But, it's what they try. <laughs> well, I feel like I've been in that situation a couple of times and I'm not thinking of intentionally being in such a situation. So, yeah. <laughs> I would have said but, why, but let me, let me hear from others. <laughs> I think we all know yeah, why. But anyways, I mean, there are definitely things, like you mentioned, having a schedule and taking certain things out of it, which is something that I feel like I would definitely need to do i mean even in the past days with school resuming again i'm just thinking of how much i mean if there's anything i definitely need to reduce cut out time from definitely be watching movies yeah <laughs> like i was even thinking about i probably need to go on a movie fast because i'm such a movie person and then it's yeah so i think that's one thing i know i would definitely need to cut out on in my schedule yeah because i mean i've been able to successfully reduce my social media time like where i run away from instagram like, like crazy so yeah wow. Wow. and That's then i'll definitely find other things in my schedule i can definitely remove and i really okay and besides that i really like the part where you mentioned um attention is the beginning of devotion yeah mm -hmm. then it's actually really true i mean 
what you give your attention to is what you become devoted to. And of course, just like we said, um, things could be turned into God at, as a result when you're focusing on certain things that are not worthwhile, that won't glorify God. And then you end up making yourself gods to those things like our smartphones, etc. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite agree with you. Attention is the beginning of devotion or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's just like having a conversation with someone and yes, you are you are talking to the person and you are responding, but you're actually on your phone. Mm. Like you are, you are, you are, you are trying to reply some messages like that seem so urgent, but you're talking to the person and the person is so serious. If it's, if it's someone like, if it's me now, I might, if I, if I, if I was very open to share some things, but I would, uh, let's let's say i was 100% open i would it will reduce to 80% <laughs> so i'm even forced to make sure that you are establishing eye contact before i continue mm-hmm. so i think attention attention really says a lot about um yes you could be listening but not really i think it says something about pre- being present in the moment mm-hmm. attention is like is a way of being present in the moment so who else wants to share with us please thank you for sharing Damola. Okay. Everybody Sorry, just read this. Okay. Sorry, read. And... Okay. Yeah. So just to follow up with what Sister Damola said, I'll just use um, there was a time, fine, I was doing it for studies, but I enjoyed that two months of not being on social media, like it was so good for me. <laughs> it was a time that exercise became even very easy to do because you're well rested and you're, you're focused on a particular. So I was just studying and um, church family was the only activities I was, I was you know, um, involving myself in. So I had more time to do other things. Maybe if I miss um, doing my exercise this morning, there's this energy that comes later at night to do it. So you have more more time and that way then the devotion comes in. You start to, it just comes natural. Like it was just there for me. I started doing things that I would want to do I started finding it easy. So it was really good because sometimes, as I said, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, it's your phone that wakes you up or, you know, your alarm and then you pick it up. You want to off the alarm and then you take it again and you start calling or, you know. So there are some little, little things that gets to distract us. Sometimes you just take the phone and you want to do something else and you see something else and everything is gone. You've forgotten the, the, the exact thing that took you to your phone or the exact thing you want to do. So the point is just what he has said. Just do this practice. Me, I, I, I love it. Even at work, I try not to take my phone frequently. I just try to focus at work. And whenever I'm you know, a little bit tired at work and I don't want to do anything, I just put on my headsets to listen to Bible Gateway, or sometimes I just sit down. I don't want to talk. There's one thing my husband knows. I, I take my phone. <laughs> now that I have, I have a colleague, a friend, 
um, at my work now, you <laughs> princess, she'll be the one to be like, come on, you need to, you know, there's sometimes that you need to listen to music and not just cool off. I think, yeah, fine, you can do that once in a while, but you just have to let your, you have to train yourself, as I said, it's not a long time, because when it becomes a long time, it becomes, you get to pressure yourself, like you have to do this. No, you don't have to. You just have to tell yourself when you want to do it. If you feel your body is asking for it, oh, I think I need to stay off social media this time. I think I need it. Then fine. Mm. I also like when Pastor La, like I learned that from Pastor La, but I've never still done it anyways. <laughs> Running to the bus stop is something I know how to do best. He never runs. <laughs> There was a time I used to follow him to a food market. He would tell you, we'll get there. <laughs> so if the bus goes, that's fine, but we'll still get there. You don't have to rush. Just calm down. <laughs> but still, I've not gotten to that stage. I run every day to the bus stop. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Sister Ifair. Wow, that's that's so interesting. I think you even shared, even shared something about... Um, walking slowly i don't know whether it's in the, this video or in the book i read somewhere that you know when when he first got married that his wife walked much more slowly than than, than he works and what now it's it's the other way around <laughs> yeah so i think it's actually happens um to be present to be aware to be aware and i like the fact that you shared about um Staying off, how how reducing or staying? Ah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've tried that before. Two months, two months. Wow. Yeah, I was studying. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's eight weeks. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So I know you know this um mindful eating book. That actually yeah came to mind as well. Yeah. yeah. How to savour your food when you're eating. Mm, that's true. It's a lot of Sister Anupis, can you shed more light on that? So in our church, one time, I think about three months ago, we read a book on mindful mindful eating. It's last year. It's been a, it's been a year. I was in Nigeria. That time. shows my time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah. So basically, the book we, we we learned how that when you're eating, instead of just shoveling the food in your mouth, just Savor, say for example, the author said, don't eat food from their packs. Like here in the UK, there's something called crisps. It's like potato chips, but it's very, very oily. So if you're eating from the pack, you can just finish like one by shoving it in your mouth. But she advised that, put the food in the plate, see the quantity, then eat from the from the bowl itself. Like it will, it will make you conscious like, oh, it's finishing. Let me slow down to finish everything. But when we eat from packs, we don't know how much we've consumed until we can't stand up or we're groaning and things like that. And and now that which one we're eating, like it's a bit weird. We went into too much details about this one. However, if you take a if before you even sit, let's say for example, you have a plate of jello fries before you with a very big um grilled turkey. So while you're looking at the food, look at it first. Um, and is yet who cooked it? I went through the cooking process. It's a big deal, like how the tomato and the thing forms, appreciate God for the provision. 
smell the food and everything like that. You know how that when you're in the, when you're in um, restaurants and they give you a, a wine taster, you swell the wine around your cup first before drinking it. So he, then he said, then you eat mindfully in the sense that take one spoon, eat, put the spoon down, chew. There's something he said about how about if you chew. How many times? Like, I can't remember. Like, uh, <laughs> still, like, chew until all the food is like, like all the food is... You got, can like, feel all the nutrients. And <laughs> before you swallow it. He said, by the time you take five spoons of that, you put, you're, you're tired of the food already. <laughs> and then it helps our health, so to say. And 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 that uh, is really good. I could say, I will send um the book to our group okay. if possible. It's very... It's it's it, you might not get all the points it's saying it's a bit too much. Yeah. Apart from, especially the smelling food. What if you what if you cook the food yourself? <laughs> and that, but it's really good actually. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for that, man. But what's it about? I have a question. Like, what's it about? What what's it about a culture that just makes us always want to be in a hurry to do everything? Like, I just want to get into the supermarket and dash out. I just want to get to the to the bus stop and catch on my bus and like you know let me just do this fast let me just like is it is it is it our culture or is it just us or something it it, it hasn't always been like that i mean for our generation it's like we we grew up into that in a manner of speaking but for the generation of our parents it's it hasn't always been like that you are hurrying to church you see a friend that is coming unannounced you go and attend to the friend whether you get to church 10 hours late nobody cares in that sense and nobody will see you as someone that is unserious because of course they know how fervent you are mm. um i think the whole advancement in technology in the name of this can save you time this can save you time so instead of the first generation of computers that would take only god knows how long to boot and then can only take ever so much information as the technology keeps modernizing and is we are getting things that can save us more time the extra time is being filled with more things so it's not like it's saving us more time indeed it's saving us more time so that we can continue the rat race of fitting in more and more and and I think that's what landed us where we are. And so you have an iPhone 7 and you hear that there is iPhone 13. And now that's that's the one you want to get next. You get iPhone 13 and then there is 15 or whatever. And you want to continue to just, you know, go for the next one, go for the next one. For what reason? I I really don't know. And then social media has made it so possible that you can see what your age mates are doing and you can start comparing. I think I'm not doing anything. Is, Look yeah. at this. This person is posting what she's reading in the Bible at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. I'm still snoring <laughs> or whatever. And so it puts you on another, um, I, I should be up and doing. I have to be serious with my spiritual life. I have to be serious with this and that. And before you know it, it just, it gets really crazy. Um, I'm saying it as if I'm out of it. We are all in it, <laughs> actually. But that's that's what I think, that's what I think landed us here, really. And to be honest, just sorry, just to add, Madame Larry, when we're growing up, this we didn't have this horridness, apart from our parents. Remember, for people that grew up in Nigeria, when Nepal brings like that's when you watch, watch TV. Antilles. If there's no light, you will go to your room and play. You will wash the plates. You remember mommy told you to buy Gary before she came home mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I think availability of resources yeah. also contributes to that as well. Yeah. I read a book where the person was ad um, advising that even something as little as um, Hoover, 
like yeah. uh, over where they used to yeah, sweep in the floor. Home, if yeah. you can try as much as possible not to use an Uber, it will it will it will save you to make you more aware of your house of because the Uber is like while the noise itself contributes to the noise in your head. Whereas if you bend your waist and use your broom, mm-hmm. but this, this might not be applicable to people in in like UK and US because you think like why would I want dust in my house? But I find myself that when I bend to to um, use the broom and I pick up Joshua's toys and I think, ah, I remember when he was playing with this and I smile, but with the Uber, just brushing it aside, like, hey, let me finish, let me, let me finish quickly and things like that. I think it's the resources and we're coming to a world where there's a film, film movie, Iron Color, so where that at a point here, yeah, we won't be using our phone, yeah, to be like you put something on your face or on your hand and the screen will appear and you do whatever you want to do and it will go like, the, I think the stage you are in now is actually the list of what we'll see in the efficiency of technology. It will come to a time where it will be so, I don't know, so almost 80% of our lives that we can't do without. Mm. And sorry, so just one more thing before I finish. When Ife was talking about that, when she took those two months, no, Ife mentioned something about that. She just wants to listen to the Bible and go on her way. Mm, Bible gets way. But then my mind said to me, but that is also technology. Yeah. I struggle with that sometimes. I would say, Spirit would say, Anu, um, you would say something like, go and read or go and read your Bible and things. And I would say, oh, where's my phone? And he would say, uh-uh, can you not read us? And I would tell him that, uh, it's not faster for me to listen to it than to not read it. What did Joshua come to listen to me? Imagine me chatting with the Holy Spirit about what I should do. But I found that the time I read the actual text, even if I can only read one, I get more meaning in that. I'm able to cross-reference, to flip open. Just the, just the, um, the act of flipping open a book and closing it, it all That's like it boosts cool. something in our bodies where listening to it sometimes might not do, but we're where we are. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. So it, it's it seems to me, it looks it seems to me that these apps or this uh technology, let me just summarize everything that's TV phones, social media, um, everything that makes life seems, that makes life um, much more faster. Uh-huh. They seem to be stealing moments uh-huh. they, or they seem to be stealing um, our attention um, to stay present in the moment or to even um, probably even appreciate our journeys uh-huh. because now we have a, a basis of comparison. Uh-huh. Oh, okay oh wow so this is what this person is doing now okay like pastor was saying uh, but in a way I, I i i is that not a way of provoking one another onto good works mm. is there a dividing line can someone help us with that like at yeah. what point does it become um does it begin to impact my emotions sorry Okay. Please, I would like to make contribution to that. I would have contributed earlier, but I was inside the bus, and I think I enjoy speaking and writing. But what's motivating? You know, you said we are provoking each other to do good work, but I feel you should check your heart. Is it out of bitterness? Like, ah, I think I need to do more than it. Like, the the state of your heart matters. Like, what's what's bringing the motivation? Is it out of jealousy or just out of wow? My fellow brother did this with Christ. I can actually do more. I think that goes a long way. And also, I also want to make contribution to slowing. You know, as much as it sounds illogical for me to actually join a long queue, 
But I was just wondering when that man said it, that what's that going to teach us? Usually, like, I think our brain, brain is programmed to let's save the time, like, let me quickly do this. But actually, you are saving the time to do what? In the real sense of this, you might not even know what you're actually saving the time to, like, let me just leave this space and get out. But I feel there's something in just to our brain. And aside from the fact that probably it does something to the brain, it's to do something to your soul. Like, how do I mean? Sometimes when you are praying to God, you won't know that this habit of getting things fast, fast, fast will actually follow you to the place of prayer. And it might steal your patience. You might not learn the act of being patient because you've always know how to get your way out of public traffic, like by crossing to another lane. You already know how to squeeze. I remember then during NYCCDS, it might be annoying join the queue to join the queue. But you know, you might not know what those things like those little habits that you did not even plan to form, what they are doing to other area. You might want to guess away like, ah, oh God, answer this prayer. You won't know it's the habit you build from probably squeezing yourself into queue. So I think it's as much as we are not looking for a way to go and put ourselves on the long queue, but we can just take a deep thought like, okay, what will be slowing down to me? What if I don't get to office on time? Like, how is this place? What was it rubbing on my spiritual life and the rest? So thank you. I'm sorry for the background on. I'm still on the road. Bye. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much, Sister Taimi, Taimi Lolua. All right, so, wow. Yes, we need to check our motives. We need to check our motives. And um, because our motives, um, it actually reveals the real reason behind uh, most of what we actually do. And I, and, and I quite agree with her when she said that um, the habits we've built in our bodies can actually follow us to the place of our devotion in prayer like you know that's the same way we expect god to answer at the speed of light or you know at the speed of um, at the speed of um ordering something at the speed of at, at the speed of um fast food and i remember towards the end um the writers the yes the writer said something that when we are forced to wait that when when we cultivate the art of slowing or slowing down when life forces us or life circumstances forces us to wait, our heart will not be um, disturbed or perturbed. We would actually learn to practice contentment and peace within us mm-hmm. because we have cultivated that art of slowing down, that art of slowing down. All right, so, um, okay. Does anyone still have, okay, let's, let's do one more person to share before we move on. Because we are actually supposed to be rounding up now, if I'm not mistaken, by the um, notification I received earlier. Anybody else want to share something that stood that we have not highlighted so far? Um, Dylan. Dylan is raising up his hand. Go on, Dylan. Yes, I, I have a key takeaway, and it's that. Wait, hold on. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, to be honest, it was about patience. The takeaway uh, is that uh, you talked about how having to get rid of his phone. Um, uh, so the guy was talking about how he was getting rid of his phone when he was going to bed. And mm. I can relate to that. Like sometimes I find myself sleeping late 
thanks to electronics or getting distracted when I'm doing a task. And when you talked about patience, a quote I had happened to have, that I happened to have saved came to my mind. Um, it states, where is the, where's the quote? Before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. <laughs> oh my god. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know it's a joke, but if you think about it, this silly quote has the same implications as waiting in a line, and it really implies how our electronics can change our patience. Yes. And so that's my takeaway from this. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much, Baylan. Thank you so much. Patience. I think Joyce Mayer once said that um, patience is not just waiting. It's your mm. attitude while waiting. Mm. Like, mm. How are you? How are you? Hand yes, every everybody waits, actually. But the way everybody deals with um, waiting is what defines whether it is actually patience or endurance, something like that. I'm not mistaken. So are you enduring the wait or you're actually enjoying, savoring, and even making the best use of the wait? Because sometimes, you know, we just we just breeze through life. There are times that the Holy Spirit even whispers to us to minister to the person right beside us, but we are too busy trying to catch up the appointment in front of us that oftentimes we end up not even being open to, to that. So thank you so much for um, double-clicking on that. Um, yes, Sister, if you want to say something. Yes, I just thought to share um, this stuff I learned um, during my MSc. Um, the course was Operational Techniques. And there was a video the lecturer shared with us where we did all this mathematical stuff on Q. So when you're on the Q, it shared, so four Qs, uh, four um, two points. So there was this person, this particular person, E, let's just say E, he or she went from one Q to the other one. And then the other one was moving fast. And then it went back to that one <laughs> and then started moving slow. And then he ran again to the third one, <laughs> just so that he can get, you know, get by quickly. And he finally, um, the, he got to a stage whereby all the teal closed. Mm. And they told him, you know, it's all closed. There's nothing we can do again. So my point is, you can also miss out yeah, yeah, when yeah. you rush. So... Yeah. Just know what you're rushing to do. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's very typical oh, of him. If you have ever driven in Lagos, if it seems as if, if you stay on one lane and you don't switch to that lane that is, that is moving, it seems as if you're going to be the last on that line. Mm. So uh, I think I really get the application of what Sister Ipe is trying to say here. All right, can we see the next slide? I don't, maybe we should just, um, just breeze through. Then let's maybe just read through them. So some of the questions that we could ponder on is um, at what at what point um, does being slow become relevant to us being present in the moment? Why do we wait to be why do we wait to be burnout 
or why do we wait to burn out before deliberately slowing down life? Yeah, there are times when, yes, some people get to the point where they are, they are forced to bed rest before they actually now slow down. In, um, they, now have, they are now forced by circumstances um, to, fall, to, 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 to slow down. So have you ever been burned out because you refuse to slow down and pay attention to things? Or have you ever lost a relationship um, by not being slow? Does anybody want to share? Have you ever been burned out for not, um, before refusing to slow down or paying attention to details? Um, did you get the question? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> we're still, we're slow. We are pondering on it. Right? We are being slow. We are choosing to be slow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because it's looking as if me, I'm beginning to raise against time. All right, let's have you, Ma. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, I've been listening and I missed out on the video. I was trying to catch up, but though I have two ears, but I can only listen to one thing. Um, so I had to stop the video and just pay attention here. Um, so concerning the question, I'll, I'll bring up the aspect of the burnout in the sense that I would say, thankfully, and this is from personal experience, Sometimes, you know, in as much as we don't, we don't pray to the sick, we don't pray, you know, any of such things. But sometimes our body has a way of telling us to slow down and that might come up as a sickness. Um, a sickness that the cure is not just in taking medication, but also in taking rest. And, you know, it's funny enough, but um, the back to the scripture, that's one of the things that God highly recommends. Actually, even in reference to Sabbath day and everything, Sabbath was actually for us that just to um, know that we need to rest at, 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 and take a break. And, and our, our father showed us a perfect example of that after he created everything in six days, on the seventh day, he rested. And Jesus Christ himself also said that, we should come to him that will find rest. So, but if we choose to continue to just go on, like on a cruise control and just on and on and on, as we have not been created like that. We've been configured to always rest. Even a computer or anything, even all these devices, even a vehicle, you can't continue to drive a vehicle without having to pause. So how much more as a human being? So I'd say, the way the body would always give you that indication. If you don't consciously do it, then unconsciously it can end up in making the person fall sick. You know, that could be the result of a, a burnout. And I, I do say that from experience. Yeah, so many times. So yes, I have been burned down, burned, burned out. <laughs> um, that's just what I wanted to add. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much. I think there's, there's something they even call um, body clock. 
body clock like mm, something like there's a way god designed the body to to give us to give us those signals to give us those signals so as, so that we know when and when to pause and when and when to next slide please sir. okay next slide yeah so part of part of slowing down is also checking our checking um checking our what what our soul is being nourished with what our soul is being fed with mm. like because because it, it when we slow down and we are slowing down helps us to actually appraise like if you fit if you fit everything you have been feeding your mind um if you fit it into four quadrants and you classify it what's the what's the what's the what's the measure of what is what you're actually taking in because most of what we take in also determines what actually comes out mm-hmm. what comes out <laughs> what comes out of us <laughs> my case says that this this slide is not good for someone that is fasting well thank god that is in eight sixteen. so the person <laughs> should be breaking fast <laughs> right now next slide I was going to add that I just remember that when the man was doing the video, you know, he said that we should present our bodies to God. Mm. Like I've never seen that scripture that presented that way before. Like my hips, my legs, everything in me, I'm presenting it to God. Because for women, especially if you've had a child, we, we, are, we always live our life in the in stage of as though we're expecting a more perfect body. Like, maybe it's not just me it might be but for my friends and i mm-hmm. we're always thinking of oh i have to lose this tummy fat i have to lose this arm fat but then presenting all that fat or all that thinness to god mm. as a sacrifice in the slowing down in the prayer being aware of myself loving myself who has made me to be mm. and then worshiping him it just like it blew my mind when he said that part about we should present our bodies because sometimes it's also what makes us hurry mm-hmm. like what Kala said about our social media you see your friends posting their i don't know their pancakes their so, 60th anniversary and they're in a um body dress, and you think eh what is going on with my life but <laughs> it's like it's it's not my business whatever it is they're doing like if I if I had maybe if I had subjected myself to that devotion with God mm. during my day and I see that, that kind of a picture, I might not be moved or I can just flip through or just tell them congratulations heartily. But it wouldn't make me want to say, hey, I need to work on myself. I need to start going to the gym and things like that. So it's just being aware that He loves us. We should love ourselves as well. Mm. Yeah, we just thought to say that. Yeah. Yes, and I'll say that it takes attention to actually love ourselves. Mm. Yes. Next slide. These are some. Next slide, please. Next slide. Next slide. Okay. Yeah. God wants to. You no. Know, God wants us. God wants to fill our lives with ease, in an unhurried, the slow, open to interruptions. We don't like interruptions. Mm. Relaxed present to God and your body and the moment. Mm. What is from, from, from the writer? If we just um, ponder on this. Mm. 
God wants to fill our lives with ease in an unhurried, the slow, open to interruptions, relaxed, present to God and your body and the moment we. Next slide, please. Oh, two people raising their hands. Damala oh, okay. and Lydia are raising their hands. All right. Okay, let's have them, please. Who wants to go first? Damala, go first. Uh, okay. Uh, just um take us back to a particular Bible verse. I just saw it on a friend's status like earlier today. Just felt to mention it. Um, Psalm one twenty seven verse one and two, which says, "Except the Lord builds the house, they 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 labor in vain that build it. Except mm -hmm. the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wicked but in vain. It mm -hmm. is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep." Mm. yeah so for me it's just i feel like it's it's relatable to what we're talking about today because in the end in all of this roaring and all of that if god isn't in it if we're not taking time to actually fellowship with god taking time to just understand the fact that god should be at the center of our lives and all of this in the end we're just doing all these things even because in the end all these things we're going to leave them here on earth so what really matters is what we're doing to build up treasures in heaven, not just here on earth, where like Matthew 6 also says, where things can destroy them. So, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be drawing the curtain with the last person. And um, it just summarizes it. Lydia, except the Lord, except the Lord, except the Lord builds the house, except the Lord builds the house. All right, Sister Lydia, let's have you. Yeah, I just wanted to add to what Sistana said earlier. Um, when she mentioned the fact um when the speaker was saying we should present our bodies a living sacrifice. Um, it sounds quite funny, but at the time when we were listening, I was in the kitchen when um the speaker mentioned that. So I was just about, I know it's it's late for me to eat already, but my mouth was just looking for something to eat. And I know in the past few days, I suffered from indigestion and bloating. So when the speaker mentioned presenting your bodies, it's just, it was like um, somebody speaking to me saying, hey, madam, just just padlock your mouth and there is no more food for tonight so for me it was it really made so much sense that um having to um discipline my mouth and discipline my body and not put my body in a state of um overload could also not presenting it as a sacrifice to God mm. so it's just it's it's made so much sense at that time because I was just about to do the wrong thing mm. by overeating and that just made so much sense so that was what I wanted to add mm. thank you so much thank you so much. just shed just just shed more light on and the practical application of presenting our, our bodies, our bodies to God. Because eventually, when we overload ourselves, we will be unsettled and we would not even be able to really devote and present our, our, ourselves to God as we ought. So I don't know if anyone has any question, even as um, Pastor takes over to round up. Yeah, 
Sister, if I start your life in a hand, but if I posted something as well. Sister, if I is asking, can we really be slow with it? with expectations of people around us like given the fact that there is a whole lot of expectation from people around us can we really be slow you know the daily questions they ask us and the daily ideas that are being presented to us to fit um their situation or, 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 or some mental picture in that sense so yeah um sister diola can you also quickly share your thoughts and then we'll take all of those together yes Thank you. Good evening, everyone. So I I liked like everyone's perspective and it's been great. I just wanted to add to what Sister Damola shared. It's like every time she shares, it's always eating me at one spot. <laughs> so um, she talked about except the Lord builds the house. And when she said that, it was like a light bulb came up within me. So I remember a time, I think recently really when I made the decision, like it was, I've never thought about it of, like I told myself, or I told God, like, I want to make you proud. Mm -hmm. You know, it's different when you are thinking of impressing your parents or your spouse or your boss or whatsoever it is. And I feel like it's um, connected to what we've been talking about in the sense that when we decide to slow down and when we remember that if God is not in all we are doing, then there is no point doing them, even if we're in a hurry. And also understanding that when we slow down and whatsoever it is, even the interruptions that you know happens in our lives, maybe by the reason of slowing down or you know, God's God just happening that way it's one way or the other for God to be glorified in us and also for him to be proud of us. So all these decisions that we might probably be making today, if we could also see it from the light of God being proud of these decisions that we are making, um, yeah, it might help too. That's what I thought to share. Thank you very much. Um, Am I taking it from you, um, Brother Malari? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Sister Docas, please go for it very quickly. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. What I want to mention is that uh, it requires trust in God for one to be able to say, I want to slow down and not hurry to do the things like that everyone is ordering to do. So it requires really great trust in God mm -hmm. day by Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's I think that's where the author is open to redirect us through to that place of solid unwavering trust in God, which many of us pay lip service to, but in the truths of the moment of our everyday life. It's always quite a struggle to, to leave it out. Um, as, as we bring the series to a close, and especially I think there's no better way to have ended it than this conversation on slowing down. Mm. Um, just like the very first episode, how that hit us in diagnosing our hurried lives. Um, this is also a very challenging way to bring it to a conclusion for us. I think the, the idea is to try and we can't possibly execute all of the suggestions that have been made, 
but I like that even the author presented those um, suggestions as more or less as, um, as suggestions, basically, as games, so that you can actually see the fun in it. You don't have to, sorry about the background noise. You don't have to be very legalistic about it. You don't have to beat yourself up if you are not meeting up to it. So see it as an adventure. Um, I'm already looking forward to the next time that I will go to the, the store where we shop around here and and choose to queue in on the last um on the longest of of the queues uh, at the tail and promise myself not to touch my phone except maybe to check whether the taxi that i ordered for <laughs> is waiting for me outside uh but yeah that's that's somewhere to start that's that's there's always a place to start come 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 on here sorry about that um and I love the scripture that Damola uh, pointed our attention to, and that's where I would want us to wrap it all up. Um, I think it speaks very well to those that are living in places like Lagos and London, <laughs> where there is a bit of more physical, palpable, tangible expression of these horrid lives that we are talking about. Uh, and so I'll read that scripture again for us, but this time from the voice translation. Um, those first couple of verses in Psalm 127. Unless the eternal builds the house, those who labor to raise it will have worked for nothing. Mm. Unless the eternal stands watch over the city, those who guard it have wasted their time. God provides for his own. It is pointless to get up early at 4.30 a.m. He didn't say that. <laughs> to work hard and go to bed late at 11.30 p.m. Anxiously laboring for food to eat. Why is it pointless? It's pointless because God actually provides for those he loves, even while they are sleeping. I love that, those last five words, even while they are sleeping in other words why they are sabbatting why they are resting it's not like nothing is happening god is providing for them even while they are sleeping and i've seen this literally play out in the rhythm of our lives i don't necessarily wish the adventure that god has taken my wife on or is taking us on i don't necessarily wish it for everyone because i feel like many people would i don't know it probably will supply the grace for the, as it's supplying the grace for us as well. But just to live in moments where, you know, you're not exactly sure where whatever is coming from and you are wondering how, how will this obligation be met? How will that be met? And yet you are still able to keep your calm mm. and keep your cool and your because sanity. you and your sanity <laughs> because you know that even while you're sleeping, there's a God who cares for you there's a god who provides for you even while yes. you are sleeping and those days when i wake up to an alert for instance it feels like this scripture is literally fulfilled more than ever like yeah i was just sleeping while some people are having a night shift <laughs> and i'm getting what they would have gotten for the labor that they and this is not to ridicule work of course we are busy people we are diligent people um, but that's that's where we are. I believe the author is trying to get us back to the place of absolute unwavering trust in God. 
And I think in the practicalities of our everyday life, what me I want to see is how to get my phone to become a dumb phone more oh, than gosh. I've done. <laughs> of course, I, I already have some practices that somehow bugs my wife. She doesn't understand, but maybe this <laughs> would help her understand it. She can't understand why I have like a hundred notifications that are just there. I, I can see that the notifications are there, but I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not clicking on every single one to see what's what's that one saying what's this one saying i don't mind having that same notification there four weeks later it will always be there let it be there when i'm ready to deal with it i will deal with it uh, and that's that's one way you know you don't have to respond to every message and that's why sometimes you know whatsapp on red messages pile up and my wife, because of her drive, will sometimes say, okay, I'll be your personal assistant. Tell me what to type to respond to this one. <laughs> I will read the message out to you. You just tell me what you want to say. Um, of course, again, there's a balance to all these things. We shouldn't take people for granted. And there are issues that could be urgent sometimes, waiting and demanding your attention. But let's play the game. Let's have the fun. Let's try out something new mm. to ensure that we are not in the rat race. I think that's the most important thing. Mm to come to that place where you're not doing whatever it is that you're doing because you are um, trying to meet up to some expectation, like Sister Ifeo was saying in just a, in our remarks now. There is no standard out there. You are walking and running and living your life for an audience of one person, not the thousands of followers on Facebook or mm-hmm. unfollowers, as the case may be. For an audience of one, how, easy, how simple can it be? How, how easy can it get? If there is only one person to please, Mm -hmm. only one Mm -hmm. that really matters. Every other person, it does not really matter. Mm -hmm. Of course, you will have to live in the tension of what that looks like. But theirs is secondary. God's is primary. And what is demanding of us is not burdensome. For my yoke is easy Mm -hmm. and my burden is light. Um, Someone was asking for the version. Yeah, it's been put there. The voice translation, that's where I read from Psalm 127 verse one to two. And it's on that note that I want us to just take a moment to think of those different worries that translate to hurry in different ways. The anxieties that become part of tomorrow's hurry. The bills that becomes part of tomorrow's hurry. The distance between friends and loved ones that becomes part of tomorrow's hurry. Whatever it may be, the pending examination, the interview, the new job, whatever it is that becomes, that could become part of tomorrow or next week or next month's hurry. Let's bring them to the foot of the cross. Let's bring them to the one that says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest 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 and it goes on to say you should learn of him for his yoke is easy and his burden is light Mm. and that's what we want to do tonight in the quietness of your heart think of those things think of those things right now that you think of them as bags as luggages that you've been dragging all along Mm. and now you're saying it's no longer mine. Let me just leave it with Jesus. Let me cast it before the throne of the eternal. I like when the voice translation uses the word eternal for God, for the Lord, for Yahweh, the eternal. In other words, he's been here before you are here. He will be here after you're gone. Is the eternal 
God. Let's cast those burdens before our eternal Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And so our eternal Father, we thank you. We, we thank you for every life here present, every family that we represent, every future that we represent. And we thank you for the different pressures that has kept us on our toes, um, different anxieties that we have permitted in those moments that we've taken our gaze, our fixed gaze off of you to the storm, to the shadows, to the different things that are running after us, chasing us in a manner of speaking. And we are coming today to say, take them all. We are casting them at your foot. We are doing what you said to do, to come unto you with our bags and then to take, to exchange them for your own yokes. It's not like you're just taking them off us. Mm -hmm. You're also giving us yokes, except that this time they are easy yokes, mm -hmm. yokes that are light, burdens that are light. And we receive those with thanksgiving. And we ask to help us to learn of you, to learn of your ways, to learn to become relaxed mm. like Jesus in our everyday life. And what this would look like, how this would translate into more beautiful, more healthy rhythms, help our spirits to receive it. Speak mm. it to our hearts. Give us the idea. Give us the suggestion. Let us know which of these different thoughts that we should experiment with and let's know the ones you want us to inculcate into our everyday reading. We thank you and we give you the glory and praise and we honor you. We thank you for our facilitator. We ask for more strength, more grace and your blessings upon his life as well. Till we meet again in a couple of weeks. To you be all the glory and praise in Jesus' unfailing name of prayed. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, everyone. Um, God bless you. Um, we are moving on to a new series when we meet in two weeks. Um, and that's if money could speak or if money could talk. If money could talk, that's the series we are going on to. And it's going to explore that from different um, perspectives. I knew I said I was going to share the rotor on the group. And I don't think I have or two people that are on the broadcast list. Um, I'll be happy to do that. If you want to be either added to the WhatsApp group for this community, or you want to be on the broadcast list, like you've not been getting these messages directly, you can send your phone number um, as a private chat to me right now, and I will add you up. That's one. Two, um, these videos that we've been using are on a particular platform that is tricky to get on. I think I mentioned this at the very first week. You can't subscribe as a person, but an organization can get you in. So if you private chat me your email address, I might be able to send you an invite that can then get you to sign up and start using the platform. It's called Right Now Media. Right, right Now Media. Um, um, it's, it's a very wonderful platform for lots of resources. Um, that could nourish your life spiritually, video resources, teachings, and stuff like that. So yeah, if you want that, send that to me and I would add you up. Um, I will send the invite to you and hopefully you should be able to, I've sent it to Anna, she was able to join via that. I think Sister YNK was able to successfully get our accounts running via the same. So um, yeah, let's, let's do that. And yeah, God bless you. 
we are done. <laughs> so we see it two weeks. Feel free to greet yourselves. Um, thank you again, Agada Mulari. Um, thank you, um, Brother Mulari. Thank you, Brother Mulari. Pastor, please, do you mind wow. practical, like practical example? On. How, like my question, sorry, I think I didn't ask. Okay, yeah. Maybe she should ask again. Yeah, okay, ask, ask again. I can see for what example, you're saying. Like, I don't think I've not gotten the question. For example, if yeah. as a wife, um, expectations from my husband or expectations from our parents. All right. All they're right. expecting us to do and mm. daily questions they keep asking. How do you, how are you slow with that? Because there are some times that God is telling you, I just want you to be patient. Mm. So do you just tell them we need to be patient? And when they're giving you advice and all that, mm. when they think that you're too slow in you know they sometimes they'll think you don't you don't even know what you are doing <laughs> with your life yeah. that kind yeah. of thing yeah there's there's nothing as 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 distressing as not being able to for others to not be able to communicate on the same language with you or based on the same playbook live out your lives um in this case of a spouse, I think it's helpful. It's probably more easier to have that conversation as to this is this is my line of reasoning. This is why I'm choosing to act like this and hear the other person out and then reason together. It boils down to communication. It's the same with parents, actually. But where I'm going is it will take a long time for people to see this, a track record of how you're choosing to be intentionally countercultural and slow, quote-unquote. If they've seen how that pays off, it gets to a time that people just know that's our own way of doing things. So just leave it. Before you know it, that you see how things will just start sorting themselves out. But now that you are still at the beginning stage of that, hypothetically speaking, that will take a while. And so there will be the need for a lot of communication. If you are choosing to say, at least I know what I'm doing, whether or not anybody knows, I don't care then you will be shutting some people out and i mean you'll be having strained relationship that will in turn come back to backfire and add more pressure mm. to your life that you're trying to keep slow mm. and so as much as possible asking the holy spirit to help it gives you the utterance it gives you the word it gives you the way to be able to speak and 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 you know speak in a language that they will understand there, there have been some times that for instance our parents, my parents especially, would call and say, ah, we noticed you did X, Y, Z, you noticed you did ABC, and we're thinking you shouldn't do it, and you shouldn't do it. And these are things that you knew that you were doing it based on God said I should do it. And so... Maybe, maybe try and be as clear. Okay. Like, what exactly did you do? <laughs> no, there are millions of examples, but one ready example would be, for instance, posting something on Facebook, uh, maybe about the family or about um, the kids and things like that. And they are like, ah, hey, are you offending for all? And things like that. You should always keep whatever is going on in your life to yourself. And that's okay. I mean, that's a valid point. There is a worldview that is shaping that and absolutely understandable in that context. And I also believe that at the same time that you shouldn't just go around sharing just anything about yourself or about your family or whatever. But in a case where um, God has given you, quote and unquote, um, a mandate to put you, 
maybe even not exactly what you would have desired, but on a pedestal to showcase as to use it as a case study, as a test sample mm. of some sort for some people. That's a very uncomfortable and difficult place to be. Mm. And that would mean that, that sometimes you would have to share some things that even as you are pressing the send, you, you yourself, you are wondering, did I just let that out? Did I just put that out there? Um, but again, people need, someone needs to know the struggles that you're going through to let them know that they are not alone. Mm -hmm. They need to know where you're coming from to let them know, okay, whatever picture about me that mm -hmm. you may have as this successful person, no, there is this other side of yeah. this struggle and this or that that is going on. And it doesn't, about, it doesn't have to be struggles alone. When things also go on well and you want to say God has been faithful. Mm -hmm. So there is that, there is that, that, that place, for instance, and that has been um, a point that had... Um, uh, warranted me especially to have some kind of conversations with my parents and again and again they've come back to see oh wow that makes sense that makes sense it, it, when they were sharing whatever it is that they are sharing they are sharing it out of sincere love out of genuine concern um, but coming again to understand the God factor in the mix mm. and the intentional boundaries that we have chosen to also put in place to let them know oh, don't, don't worry you won't wake up tomorrow and see um, some details about some things that should just be <laughs> absolutely kept, you know, um, mm. within a couple, for instance. Uh, you won't find that and mm. things like that. That helps them know that, okay, this is not just some people trying to be, I don't know, we are conversing for likes or shares or whatever mm. it is. This is just what it is. It's ministry and ministry can sometimes look like that i've said so much because i know pushed me into giving a case Thank study but i think that might and i think i have something to add to that all right sister inca first and then we are finished though we are, we are not, finished. This is important. <laughs> no i'm just saying like we have we have done here. all right <laughs> uh th thanks thanks you know i i i, I reconsidered and i put my hands down but i mean thanks okay. again <laughs> because you actually i think you already mentioned everything especially if it has to do with relationship, that's if it involves someone else, you know, if it is you and God one-on-one, -on -one, you know, God can take his time, you can keep waiting, but when it involves someone else and it's you and God, now remember that the, the other person does not, is not hearing what you're hearing from God or does not know God's thoughts towards you or anything like that. So in addition to um, communication, that um pastor had mentioned you know it's important to um also con be conscious of the the that that fact that um and why i said be conscious is that not just that okay oh i have to wait for this thing to get the green light from god but yeah. being conscious could also also refer to like okay you are actually consciously bringing it to god's attention and not just saying, okay, anytime that God says go, but I'm just going to, you know, because there are some cases, for instance, that there's been a case of someone proposed to a sister and the sister was like, I'm waiting on God, though. but she's not praying. She, she wasn't praying about it. You mm -hmm. know, she wanted to be intentional, you know, slow, make, take her time, which is all the right thing, but she wasn't really actually praying, you know and was keeping the other person waiting so but what i'm trying to just say is um 
in addition to the communication aspect, but to also be conscious and also um, to balance it out, like um, someone mentioned rightly. Yes, um, it's good to be slow, but to also be know where that slowness is coming from so that you won't be tagged as a generally slow diary. Mm. You know, um, I, I just want to bring two different scenarios. You know, the we know the story of Lazarus. He was sick. They were expecting Jesus to come quickly, quickly, but he intentionally mm -hmm. stayed back, yeah. you know, for a reason. And we all know how that story ended. Sure. Because it was for a reason. Uh, on the flip side, um, someone was taking his time. Um, this was has to do with King Saul and mm -hmm. David. I mean, not David, um, Samuel. Mm -hmm. So um, they were waiting on Samuel to come and make the sacrifice. And since, since uh, Prophet Samuel was taking his time, yeah. he decided to go do what That's only a priest and a prophet should do. Why? Because he said Samuel was too slow and he suffered for it so when you're when we are gauging the either being slow or acting fast the same yeah. scripture that says either believers will not make haste, make haste. yes ma'am. you know and also the same scripture says we should keep in step with the holy spirit so we need to know where we are balancing things out thank you yeah. Thank you Thank very you. much. Very helpful. Just you said you wanted to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your first question regarding parents, how mm. about they would expect you to do certain things, but you, you know what you've heard from God. Mm. I think for me, what has helped me with my mom is that you need to share the progress with them. Mm. Say, for example, say, for example, I've always used this word at home. I'll say, I'm led to. Mm. I'm led to. So my mom went to Dubai, I think, when I was when I was going to NYC. She got me a nice laptop, got me like the, you know, the ones that come with a bag, very nice package and everything. I went to Gumbi and I came, I went to Gumbi with like big bags. When I was coming back home, I came back with just a backpack and they asked me, where are your things? I said, I was led to give them out. <laughs> I said, okay, I have it, but where is that laptop? I said, yeah, I was led to give it as well. But they, what I noticed was that when I told her that, they looked at me very strangely, but they understood because I'd always said it to them. The track record has been set. Sometimes for our parents, yeah, we don't share our progress with them because we don't want them to be disappointed or worry or, or something like that. But when you do share, my mom doesn't understand all this. God is telling me this, but I have to make her understand. But in making them understand what God is telling you, know that you will um, reveal everything but you share your doubts as well about the progress. Like, I know what you're thinking, mom. I know mm. I also want this to happen. Okay. But at this stage, this is what God is leading me to. So if you can pray along with me with that, that makes it more of a daughter to mom relationship. Mm. Other than us, just putting them on one far end because we know we've heard from God. And it ties up with what, um, what Colin Steinkast has shared about the communication part. Mm. We should pull them along because they hurt the same way we hurt we might think they're just there eating amal and things but mm -hmm. when they think of us they sigh yeah it doesn't yeah. make them want to move on but when they know where we are mm -hmm. okay Omoi, let, i'm speaking here but sorry this child has not this we send this child money to do something she has not done it yet but then they remember they might think it's foolish but then at least 
they've heard it from you that this is my progress and this is why I'm slowing down at this point. And mm. then they flow with you in prayer. If they come with their pressure, again, you remind them, mommy, mm. it's not in my hand. Mm. It's in God's hand. This is what he's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. So we need to obey. Just push it on to God so that he can take dressing and not worry you and put pressure on you. Mm. I do that for my mom a lot. And sometimes in my mean, sorry, lastly, in my mean not sharing at all, for, for three months, I changed jobs. I didn't tell my mom that I wasn't working because I know that if I told her, she said she's going to the mountain to pray and that she's fasted for three days and 40 <laughs> nights and things and she's lean and you can see her neck really on the phone, how long it would be. So I I knew her, I know her, her vulnerabilities. I know that when she says that things are happening to me, she would want to start praying. But I couldn't share what, what the journey was because I, was, I wasn't clear about it myself. So I chose not to say, but when I was about to start a week, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 A week to the job, I called her, ah, mommy, ah, guess what? I found a job in clinical clinical. Hey, she said, yes, I've been praying. Yeah, God has done it. <laughs> I was so happy that she didn't take it. Like, oh, why didn't you tell me and things? I made all the three months that I went past. I went, I made it look simple. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're okay. We're just, we're just, we're just rolling through it. Mm. That way I've saved. It's just that relationship, knowing who they are. You might speak to your dad differently than you would talk to your mom. It's just... Mm. Putting yourself like your daughter, putting yourself as the mom and thinking, what would your child do? If you were the mom, what would you expect from your child at this stage in her life? And dealing with them that way, uh, just uh, empathy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. So this much. extra dose is Tico. Huh? This extra dose of sharing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a laugh. <laughs> It is yeah. appendix. <laughs> the main uh, the appendix. appendix. Pastor Carl. Yeah. Appendix. I have one of oh, I offend God. Why is God doing? And I'm thinking it's not that deep, mom. But just know them for their. Uh-huh. That's just who they are. Just work with them. Yeah. When I was when I was in Nigeria, just about this time last, in fact, literally this time last year. In fact, this was the very night, August 5, because I was supposed to come back August 6. Mm. August 5 was the night I discovered I had COVID just the day before I was supposed to leave the country and come back, and which meant I had to stay in Nigeria much longer than I intended to. Of course, that became, both for our mom and my parents, that became (laughs) some serious... Some enemies have attacked you. <laughs> and as someone is going to one month thing, another person is recommending some videos. And I mean, it's it's beautiful to be to be surrounded with such parents is a blessing, to be honest. And we don't take that for granted. Um, so yeah, uh, wisdom really in 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 dealing in dealing with our parents is very, very 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 helpful all right i think it's been a beautiful night uh, something else i wanted to say that i was talking and that was the fact that at the end of the day to be fair especially one other thing that we didn't exactly dwell on is the fact that the hearts of these people is in god's hand so mm-hmm. prayer uh, asking god to actually help them too there are some things you just no matter how you say they can't get it mm-hmm. but god can help them get it uh, sure. that, that was me 2012 when i first told my parents uh, I want to go into full-time pastoral ministry. 
it's it's weird enough that we are living in the same way in the same they had a two flats the second flat was empty and i was inside that flat for three days alone praying and waiting on god and every evening they would come to the window where of the room where i was there and say hope everything is fine is god talking <laughs> <laughs> and i tell them all is well god is speaking and i came out of that experience to tell them i'm going into pastoral ministry of course my dad kept quiet but took in his emotion but my mom couldn't hold it she just started crying but the next morning i just left them to god like god i said it whatever you want to do about it do about it but the next morning <laughs> sorry both of them came back to me and they were like literally god ministered to them overnight um for one of them it was a case of remembering how i was involved in an accident that could have taken my life two years before and God saying, I spared his life for this moment. You know, I couldn't have said that to them because I didn't even know God spared my life from an accident because of what is going to come and things like that. So again, asking God to be your voice where you can't possibly articulate intelligently what you have heard from him to them. I couldn't say it better than I said it. And I couldn't have expected the kind of emotions that was busted out that night. But in the space of just a few hours, God intervened and they became like, so what do we do next? Now that we know this is it, let's go for it. Let's go and pray here. Let's go and get more insights, more counsel, da, 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 and things like that. So yeah, asking God to help you, to help you say to them what you can't possibly say mm. um, to them. And he does that the best way he can. So yeah, I think it's a good place to call it a night. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll continue and turn it to a video. Um, it's been it's been a beautiful evening. Thanks everyone for joining in and for making it lively. God bless you.